This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fail. It's a Final Word Cricket Podcast World Cup Daily. Adam Collins and Pam Ponsonby. The action today was at the Chinnaswamy Stadium at Bangalore. End of an era. England trounced by Sri Lanka. Cam, tell us about it in 30 seconds. Uh, absolute disaster zone for England. Uh, got us around 40, 50 for none. Then all of a sudden, 160 all out. People were nicking off. People were getting run out conventionally. They were getting run out unconventionally. <laughs> then tables turned. Never judge a wicket until both sides have batted on it. <laughs> Turns out it was piece of piss. Uh, Sri Lanka cruise home by eight wickets. I think the stat is it was something like 59 overs for the whole match to be completed. Jobs are good. Yeah, the quickest match of this tournament, 59 overs for Sri Lanka to obliterate England and, as I said, off the top, really end the era. I should have said off the top as well that Mm -hmm. our show is for Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary, more about them later. But um, yeah, everyone in the England side today was over 30 years of age, which in and of itself isn't a problem if they're winning. If you're an experienced side that's winning, so be it. But if you're an experienced side that's losing, that tends to suggest something else. It's over 3,000 days since that day uh, when they played against New Zealand in 2015 when the white ball reset started the white ball uh, surged for England and they've enjoyed so much success they came so close to winning the World Cup T20 final in 2016 Champions Trophy semi-finalist in 2017 of course they win the 50 over World Cup at Lords in 2019 semi-finalist of the T20 World Cup in 2021 champions in the T20 format this time last year at the MCG and this will in all probability be the worst World Cup defence ever in 50 over cricket a lot's made of Australia and what they did in 92 at home after winning it in 87 they came home and they finished 
I thought they went worse than this. They won four games and finished fifth. Well, England, mathematically, I guess they're still in the tournament. But Matthew Going through, Mott, baby. Matthew Semi-finals. Mott, Matthew Mott, the coach, um, hosed that down very quickly and said, you know, we're, we're not progressing um, on the basis of what's happened to their net run rate today, copying an absolute pounding. Uh, Cam, your initial impressions of, of what you've seen over the last few hours? Well, I think it's one of those kind of rare examples of a match where you actually can talk about it in a macro sense because mm. of what it represents. I felt like their team selection, they made three changes and Wokes and Ali, Moan Ali came back in along with Liam Livingston. They dropped Gus Axton and Harry Brook, the two people who were under the age of 30. And it gave me the impression of a kind of like, if we're going down, we're going down together. Yeah. This was the group that got us this far. Let's try again. One last, kind of one last show. And they've lost now, like, depressingly, they have to spend three weeks at their own funeral that they're out, but they can't leave the country. But I think it's been a really good example of, and this is a theory I kind of, take a bit too far of you're never a better player than when you're outside of the team mm. and because of how much test cricket and because of how many T20 World Cups we've had bear in mind since 2019 we had COVID 2020 there was a T20 World Cup in 2021 that was yep. meant to be in 2020 then there was a T20 World Cup in 2022 so this, the, the schedule has just not allowed England to focus on ODI cricket because of that you've got your big guns not playing because they're resting and as because they're resting they never had a chance to lose their first choice status the only person from that 2019 group who isn't here is Jason Roy. Right. And he's the only per he's the person who literally played the most ODI cricket. And so time kind of catches up with everyone, cliches and whatever. And England didn't have that opportunity to see that. We didn't have an opportunity to see these players kind of fall away. And the only time we had a, a showcase for them was the next World Cup. And I, I say all this and I'm still kind of confused because... England are still T20 World Cup champions where mm. they're going to go to a competition in about nine months time where they're the reigning champions defending champions it all could still work out but it does for, for, you can say without being too hyperbolic like it is an end of, of an ODI era yeah I'd be very surprised if the side that, that fronts up for the T20 World Cup in America and the Windies uh, is anything remotely like this one yeah. on the basis that um, I think there will be naturally a I want to get on with the job of re re regeneration. And you're right, what you say is spot on. It made perfect sense that this group of players wanted to keep going. Nasser on telly at the end in his upsum said the same thing in that um, all of the players line by line are worth their spot in the team right Absolutely. now for this tournament. 100%. There's no one you would say, oh, well, they needn't be um, considered for selection because they're not good enough, right? Um, even someone who's had a poor tournament like Chris Wokes, on paper, coming into this, was England's number one fast bowler in the absence of Archer, right? So everyone is here on merit, but now is the time to, to cast forward and, and move on. I saw at one stage, you know, there was about 10 runs to win. Joe Root was clapping as he went back to his fielding position. And then Chris Wokes was bowling the next over. He, he took his cap off and he gave Josh, Josh Butler a pat on the bum. Yeah. And it sort of said everything to me about these guys that have achieved so much together, but it being pretty much done. Butler, in his post-game interview, saying that um, they're now paying, playing for personal, personal pride. pride yeah. I mean, it does glare, doesn't it, that quote. Um, he said there's no clear answer. He can't put his finger on it. There seldom is. In a situation like this, when a team falls off a cliff, it's rarely one thing. It's kind of what you're saying. It's a, a combination of factors to do with scheduling, the format being um, deprioritized. And I am a huge fan of the World Cup Super League, right? I think what happened after the 2019 World Cup, uh, we, we've, we've talked a lot about it in reference to the Netherlands and the chance they've had. But the other side of the coin is that England went from playing 90-odd one-dayers between 2015 and 2019 when it was the absolute priority. Home World Cup, Owen Morgan made it so. Lots of of seven game series, lots of experimentation and ultimately a selection policy. Well, there wasn't any real need for any selection drama as Vish pointed out in our weekly show the other day. They only 
you precisely what they were doing. This time around, wholesale changes two games in a row. It speaks to that broader, if you like, discombobulation. I think it, I think it is hard to, to defend England a bit here. I think we really it's, it's, it's almost impossible to have everything. So we go back and everyone mm. talks about England being like this kind of bashing of Test cricket. They're playing more than everyone else. It's where the, the format works, and so and we need to save Test cricket. We need more Test cricket. There's two 2020 World Cups in back-to-back years. If you then don't, if you then prioritizing one-day cricket in those periods when it's T20 cricket, it's and impossible. They, and they cra- crash out of the yeah. T20 World Cup. You think, well, that, that's stupid. Why on earth would you do that? And something there had to be something to three doesn't go into two, literally in, in terms of the formats. I'm interested to know if if this could actually force away for even more specialisations with players. I think something we've learned in this World Cup is how different a format 20 over and 50 over cricket is. I find it really interesting when asking players uh, what are the difference, is there a difference between the format? You get wildly different answers and funnily enough the people who haven't played much of either go oh it's the same thing or if they're not in the squad they go oh it's the same thing I, I can do it and you have that, someone like Davin Milan who's like no 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 it's so so different mm. and we're having that example now and I think that's part of the reason to go on a bit of a tangent okay. why there's um been so few close games because teams are able to score at seven and over so teams are able to set 350 but no one has any experience of chasing those targets they're still kind of unbeat on kind of world record chases they would right, be yeah and so there, there is this kind of um feeling that the format players have lost that kind of um, what's the word? The kind of tangible kind of essence of the of maybe the like game. the muscle memory, right? Like yeah, you know, exactly. if, if you're conditioned to this England as they were, this England team were making three fifty to four hundred so routinely between it was more. It wasn't just around twenty fifteen. It was more. It was closer you got to the World Cup, the more often they were yeah. hitting that. The hitting the high notes, if you like that, Pakistan seven game series immediately before the 2019 World Cup. Haven't got it in front of me, but they must have hit 355 times, right? It, it, that was the way the game was moving. I don't think they've done it at all since that World Cup. And again, this, again there's a COVID story in all of this. There's a, a side that hasn't been able to do the regeneration thing because they've got guys who understandably want to have one last go at this. And they're um, all-time England greats. The only player they've been able to turn over is Jason Roy. And that's because he got Shaggers back just before the World Cup. If he had played in that bilateral series against New Zealand, it's probably yeah. Dava Milan riding the pine because he may not have gotten the same opportunities in that series. And he was the guy who seemed to be teetering when Harry Brook was making a case through the, the T20s. Feels a million miles ago now. But you know, there's one player really, and if you, you want to include Jofra Archer in that, perhaps who, who who has moved on, Liam Plunkett as well, I suppose. But generally speaking, it is the same group that, that took them to the top in 2019. Absolutely, and I think it shows how an example today of how difficult it is to kind of cruise in third gears. When when Teek Sharna comes on, I fucking love Teek Sharna. Yeah, yeah. But I was like 64 mile an hour and spins it both ways. You got slip standing on like the 30 yard circle <laughs> with the keeper up. It's brilliant. Um, he comes on to bowl, and that's is like. The old England would take him apart, but this England, I reckon, just let him bowl, taking for naught for fifty off his ten. He bowled eight overs, two for twenty, mm. one for twenty. Shit, mm. um, that's, he's got a twos. He's got a twos in the one-day game. It's so much kind of more difficult than I think we can ever really appreciate to kind of turn over the strike and go take take a spinner for fives. I think I'm being a bit too friendly about everything. Let's go. What's up? What's up next? No, there's, there's more. I mean, we should quickly go through how the game all played out, right? So, uh, Besto could have and should have been out first ball of the game. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I blame uh, Trent Bolt and I blame Mitchell Stark because they took reviews first ball of the game. It backfired <laughs> for both of their captains and looked rather daft. And I reckon that Kushal Mendes um, uh, thought, I-, I best leave that in case it's hit the middle of the bat as well. It didn't. He should have had his yeah. pad blown off. And, um, you know, Besto has been... Uh, Reportedly grumpy in, in team camp this week after the serialisation of, of, of parts of Basball in the newspaper. And you'll hear more about that on the final word next week. I, I, I think he got cooked a little bit for that. The headline saying like Bairstow reignites stuff. He talk, spoke about it in August. And it's just the serialisation of the book. 
can't yeah. say he reignites it. Well, well, no, but I think the, the 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 issue is that he's not happy that it's ended up in the in the paper. Sure. You say something on the record, it's yeah. going to end up in yeah. the paper. Um, but yeah, then then uh, big hench, Matthews, bless. Fourth World Cup, called in as injury cover. Third or fourth ball, finds the edge of Milan. Yeah. They have to go through the review process. But, you know, there's something timeless about Angelo Matthews. There was a time when, I reckon, and this is um, digging into uh, a little factoid that I was told, which may or may not be true due to the Perfect. source of the information. Yeah. Um, you weren't allowed to wear 69 on your shirt for a period of time. Fucking quite right. <laughs> but Angelo, embarrassing. But Angelo Matthews keeps on keeping on uh, and yeah, ends up with a cheeky two for today. Um you know, they had that mix-up, Root and Bearstow. I know it's probably yeah. more Root's fault, but, you know, strong Yorkshire, strong England and so on. Um, Rajitha and Kamara, their responses to their first two wickets, and I want to pivot here a little bit to Sri Lanka, right? Yeah. They fucking wanted this. We spent so much time referring to England being in the gun, last chance saloon and all the rest of it. This is Sri Lanka's second game in those circumstances, in effect, because if you lose four, you, the whole framework changes. And they held their nerve against the Netherlands. They made uh, 340-odd against South Africa. Yeah, they made 300-plus in the other game they lost, which at this exact moment, I can't remember who it was against. And against I'm Australia, they were, they were none for 125 um, before shitting the bed and losing 10 for 100 and Australia all over the top of them. But they looked like they were going to beat Australia at that juncture as well. So they've had three losses, but back-to-back -back wins here. And going through it before we started recording, Cam, they don't have the worst draw. I mean, they play Afghanistan next up. Um, on Monday at Pune, which they should win in the yep. they're in at the moment. Then they've got India. You'd expect they would lose against India, right? All things being equal. Then Bangladesh, who are playing dreadful cricket right now. Then a blockbuster. Last game of the group stage win they play. Bust. It could be New Zealand against Sri Lanka for the final spot, even if, even if Sri Lanka lose against India, which you would anticipate whenever they come up against them a couple of weeks' time. So I reckon that... They're flying under the radar. We have thought because they lost two games early yeah. on. Oh, it was Pakistan was the other game they lost, making more than 300. So yeah, the their net, their net chase, run rate's yeah. in pretty decent, Nick. Not quite as high as Australia's after yesterday, but it's not too far away from, from neutral, which is enough. You, don't, you just don't want to be in negative figures at this stage. They've so, been weirdly fine. Like yeah. the batting in particular, I think that's also why today was so devastating for England is because uh, like this is the, a bowling attack that got taken for the world record total, or the world record World Cup total against South Africa. Mm -hmm. They've been conceding runs, but they've been scoring runs. You had Kusal Mendes scoring that incredible 100 up top. Yep. Uh, Samara, uh, Nisanka's had four half centuries on the trot. Yeah. Samara Wickrama is averaging 98 for the competition. He's in the, he, I mean, he's without, he'd be one of the first names on the team sheet for the team of the tournament. And they're, they're, the going, they're going very well. And I think we all tricked ourselves. We forgot how long the competition was. Teams would go 0-2 or 2-0, and and you'd kind of be blinded by who... Well, you wouldn't really take into account of who those matches were. And mm. the, the length of the tournament allows people to kind of recover. And, like, I mean, it's great that that uh, game against New Zealand in about seven years will be a blockbuster. But it, feel, it feels a hell of a long way away at the moment. It'll feel a long way for England as well. I mean, they've got... It doesn't really matter who England have got, but for what it's worth, they play India at uh, Lucknow on Sunday where they'll be obliterated, all things being equal. Then Australia at Underbub with heaps to play for in England. England might be a frustration for a team like Australia. I mean, yeah, nothing to play for, but the chance yeah, to knock Australia out of the tournament. There'll be a frustrating side to come up against Absolutely. with. And I expect what England will do is they'll give Gus Atkinson and Harry Brook the chance to play all these games. What's the point in Mark Wood playing? from this point forward. Yeah. You're wrapping the guy in cotton wool at the best of times. You don't want him playing. I reckon they should put him on a plane, actually. Don't don't make Mark Wood be on tour for three and a half weeks. Send him back to Accrington or wherever it is that he lives and um, put him in a you know in a warm pair of tracksuit pants, that. put a hoodie on um, in front of the fire. I, I see some merit in, in just getting pulling the ripcord with him now. You could literally, England now could go, right, who are our three most valuable players? All of you go and ping your hamstrings. Yeah. 
get on a plane home we'll call up three we'll call up <laughs> will jacks phil soul <laughs> and change it around basically yeah I, yeah i don't think it's completely mad um so the other thing about Sri Lanka is I, I caught one little camera shot of Chris Silverwood towards the end of the chase. I mean, what a lovely moment for him. Jeff and I uh, had the privilege of seeing Silverwood sat on the balcony at Gaul last year when Sri Lanka beat Australia in that in that famous test match, famous for what was going on around it with the, the protests and so on. Silverwood having gone through that dreadful experience uh, in 21-22 in Australia, losing his job at the end of the series and generally speaking, it just being a fucking disaster. Um, he he called home. You could see he was on you know, on FaceTime to or, or WhatsApp to one of his relatives, and he had this huge beaming smile, and he was telling them that Sri Lanka had beaten Australia, and, and yeah. you could feel really tapped into that moment. So it applies today. I, I know that it's a couple of years on now, and I'm sure he has a high regard for those England players. A lot of them, uh, he was um, part of their lives for quite a long time, right, um, as a specialist coach as well. But um, you know him defeating England, being responsible for the side that have done it. Um, yeah, I think uh, a word for Silverwood and his resilience. Absolutely. It's, it's the Chris Silverwood, Fisher Hunter Raja derby, England-Sri Lanka. <laughs> and it re- reminds me of, um, I think it was Daniel Sturridge, um, the footballer, yep. gave this quote because of, obviously when you score against your old team, you're meant to be very respectful. And you can't, oh, I'm so sorry fans, I, never, I didn't mean it, I can't believe I've done this to you. And Daniel Sturridge goes up, was like, fuck that, if I score against my old team, 90th minute winner, I'm going nuts. I've done over all my old mates, everything is the best moment ever. And especially for like how kind of low, the, the, it was the lowest ever, it was um, when Silverwood left the England job, I think that was when England would have been one in 15 on the test record. And then yep. they had the three, not three matches without winning in the Windies, which took it to one in 18. Like he was kind of, he became this kind of comical figure. It's like, oh, we planned for this. I think in that same book, um, Baswell book, it will make reference to a story where Silverwood found out he was the mole within his own group. He kind yeah. of leaked like the Rory Burns thing. Uh, that Rory Burns has been dropped. I think that's fine to say. Oh, we'll find out. Book's out today. It's fine. Perfect. I've read yeah. all of it. Yeah. Read all of it. That's that's why that's why I said it actually because it was in chapter seven. Fast reader. It's incredible what I can do when I've really put my mind to it. Uh, but yeah, it would be a great day, a great day, and great moment for Chris Silver. Um, other bits and bobs from the game itself. There were two controversial moments yes. in the first innings. One was the catch that dismissed yeah. Chris Wokes for a duck, uh, taken by Samara Wickrama yeah. at backward point. Um, the camera angles weren't crash hot, and. I desperately feel for Ashan Raza in that situation. That's the first thing I want to say. Not his yeah. first rodeo as third umpire in this tournament where people have been giving him pelters. And I, I still think that having a specialist third umpire in a situation yeah. like that is better than having an umpire who's been trained in a completely different discipline. Nevertheless, um, that is a call that... It's a flip of a coin, isn't it? it? There is so much interpretation on angles that are far from conclusive. Right. And now we don't have the soft signal. Yeah. It makes it all the more difficult for third umpires because they can't do the old, well, yeah, soft yeah. signal, we defer back to what they said on the ground. I was I was surprised. It's really blurry, the camera angles, so we don't know. Mm. That's the fundamental thing. I kind of, my instant reaction was not out. And Stokes had the same thing where like, and the non-strikers and he kind of sh- crosses his hands over in front of him was like, no chance, carry yeah. on. I've got, I've got this like bugbear basically, and this is not scientific. Oh, this is my own theory basically. But for me, it's when, if you see the hands scoop, like when they get to the ground and, the, and their hands kind of flick up because if your hands flick up it's because the momentum of the ball is going upwards and the momentum of the ball is going upwards if it's hit the fucking ground because it's bounced so that surely just scientifically re- means that 
it's it's not out. It's kind of hit hit part of the ground. Hey, if you're saying if it's if it's the because this runs it's, up against it's this one, it's the digger, the, go- the golf swing thing that you're yeah, that's yeah, actually yeah. in the ICC. Which is very help, very helpful visual movements for an audio podcast. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, you can watch it on YouTube as well. Absolutely. Lots of people are. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will be today nice. after England getting pumps again, getting fucked as I said the other day. Um, the the golf swing thing. Yeah. Um, Barat Sundaresan could be the journalism from yeah. here when the. You have to remind me. Cam Green catch off uh, Shubham Gill World Test Championship final. Yeah, right. Um, the advice given to umpires to interpret low catch decisions: if the swing's going up, they're actually yeah. meant to give it out. Interesting. They're, they're meant to give it out on the kind of the for the opposite reason of what you're saying is if the momentum's carrying them that way. Yeah. Sure, it might have touched ground on the way through, but it's more probable they've taken the ball on the way through. I want. So, to, I want to know what physicists they've spoken to. Yeah. Yes, because I'm intrigued. It's all vibes. I reckon. All vibes. Um, CERN? Switzerland, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it sounds about right. Um, with, with with vibes as well. Um, yeah. We're we're going to move into a period, I think, with um, runouts where yeah. the MCC are going to have their hand forced to provide more detail on ball being dead because you know the convention that the ball's not dead till both teams believe it's dead. That's yeah. how I've kind of grown up knowing the game and Absolutely. we went through all of this at Lords earlier this year of course famously with the best day carry um, Palava um, but today yeah. um, Adil Rashid yeah it's fucking sloppy <laughs> it's fucking sloppy well, think, yeah, okay. you know he was just kind of like dozing back to his crease and I think that I've seen enough cricket, I'm sure you have as well, where non-strikers have been run out when they've been um, lackadaisically walking back into their ground. Like I think that, that can be considered dozy whilst concurrently you can make the argument that uh, Kushal Mendes, who took a great catch to get rid of Josh Butler, yeah. by the way, um, uh, executes his brilliant direct hit ping. And remember, his captain got a million yeah. things on his mind, um, but he did kind of throw his glove off and intimate that he's throwing the yeah, cover. I, I don't the dead ball piece, the fake fielding piece, I, I don't think's um, unrelated to this. I, so I, I think it was really smart. I think the ball was dead. I think it was fake fielding. And I think it was out, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, because On the like, fence much? You like it? <laughs> no, because I think it really shines. I, do, I don't agree that Rashid was dozy because I think if you think of both him and Bairstow going back to carry, these guys have literally batted thousands of times in their life. Yeah. Rashid will never have got out like that. Yes. And the reason why is because he got duped. It, the ball's gone down the leg side. Mendes takes the ball. He looks and shows to cover. Everything's finished. The play's over, whatever. So I think conventionally, because it's this uncodified like constitution where you can kind of be vague. No one knows when the ball's dead or not, basically. And Mendes takes his glove off, hiding the fact he's taken his glove off, shapes to cover to throw the ball. And then it's like he's like a quarterback where you feign one way and you throw across your body the other. Like a baseball pitcher who's trying to run out of... Yeah, yeah, picking off first runner. base. Whatever. Yeah. God. Sporting references, and um, and it's a great it's a great piece of work. It's incredible work, but for me, it just kind of made made me think. Well, I think this should be out. I think it is out, but it made me think we need to work out a way to codify when the ball is dead because it it just reminds me of junior cricket where I a good mate of mine, Manveer, would keep wicket. We'd be nine years old, and you just hold the ball until the batter eventually like got bored and left his crease and try and tried to stump them. And like the coaches were like, "You have to stop doing this. It's really <laughs> I annoying." I like Man Fear. Like, <laughs> we should interview him on the podcast. <laughs> and they're like, we, "We we can't play the sport this way, right? Because it was just annoying because you wouldn't you wouldn't get through any overs ever." Um, and then the same thing goes with fake fielding. You can dupe, you can confuse people in every form of the sport. I have no problem with fake fielding at all. For moments like this, where I think Husam Mendes has been incredibly smart, but he has basically tricked Rashid into thinking that, that the ball's dead and then run him out. I think the MCC will have to put out one of those statements that, that Fraser does from time to time to yeah. interpret um, what he has seen and what they have seen uh, at MCC HQ. We'll wait for that one. But yeah, they, they brought in fake fielding for this reason. Let's not forget that. Like The, the, the fake fielding was brought in to stop batters 
being deceived. Yeah. And you could make that case, I think. But at the same time, great piece of fielding. You know. It was great. And Chris Mendes on a roll. Um, made 100 earlier in the tournament. Going nicely at the moment. All right, Cam. Time for us to go to the final word, Hall of Fame. The final word. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hall of Fame is brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City, and we're always grateful to them for it. Uh, we've spoken the last couple of days um, around a range of things, about half-term. I'm not sure if it's half-term anymore, but when it was half-term, as it will be next time, kids eat free at a whole bunch of places when you go out there and, and tuck in. I was there um, earlier this week, as I mentioned with you, and there are so many places to eat. It's overwhelming. I grew up with Westfields in my life in my orbit in Australia, because the Westfield name brand did start in Australia, Frank Lowy and so on. Um, and it would be, at best, food court fair. And by that I mean, you know, Macca's, Red Rooter, KFC, Bob's Your Uncle. Um, maybe a bit of Subway if you want to get Cosmopolitan. Um, this is different gravy altogether. You go down there, there's this whole street Right, um, Sixes is on the street. Yeah, um, whole fucking shitloads of stuff going on. Indian restaurants. It, it, it is class, and that is why I think you should try and make a point of going out there. Rach and I are going there next week. Rach and I are going out to Westfield next week to have a bite to eat, and I think you should too. And we and we're also going to go ice skating. Google the ice skating thing. We've mentioned that quite a bit. Biggest tree in Europe and. All that. Someone said to us the other day, how do we know it's the biggest tree in Europe? Because it's the 25th of October and Christmas is two months away. Good well, technical point. Good technical point. But, I mean, they've set themselves a standard now, haven't they? Well, they've said it's the big. We've still got two months to get bigger. We've got, yes. two, we've got time to grow. That's it. That's why it's not the biggest in the world, Jack. We have to get through to November when it carries on growing. You can for a kind of bit. like, you know, when you want to, there's hair extenders you can put in. Yeah. So if the tree itself isn't big enough, I'm sure there's some way you can artificially. Anyway, yeah. um, Cam, you can go first. Your most final word moment of the day for Westfield. <laughs> I just, just want just just the one from me today. Um, it was David Willey bowled a ball to Kusal Mendes, and it was a, a rank wide kind of half tracker, and uh, Mendes leaves the ball. And Willie walks down, has a word, and he goes, "Fucking missed out there, man." You can really, <laughs> really, really see from the from the lip reading. And the next boy bowls the exact same ball, and then it's just like plunders it for four. And you're like, "Oh, David, <laughs> David." Said a bad twenty four hours, David Willie. No, it's not gone well. Didn't win today. Lost his contract yesterday. Um, how about um, how about Big Angelo Matthews? Big Ange. We've already referred to him a little bit, but you know the the time he's been away from the bowling crease, striking straight away, 69 on his back. The way he ambled towards the boundary at one point to drag a ball in, um, he's a throwback. He's a beautiful throwback. Yeah, I think you like him for the same reason. I'm not sure I do. I, I just fundamentally dislike anyone who plays with number 69 on their back. Lance Klusner? Lockie Ferguson? Fuck him. 
Mate, Ferguson's an, uh, an exception because I used to dislike him and then I found out he wears number 69 because he genuinely has a family connection to the number. Oh, does he? And he's not on a stag deal. I don't know what the connection is. Okay. I remember I, I played a T20 once and the lads walked out with 69 on his back and I spoke to his team. I'm like, mate, this is so embarrassing. What is he doing? And he went, no, 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 it's not, it's not a, um, a sex joke. It's his daughter was born on the 6th of September. Oh. And I was like, mate, give it a fucking give it a rest, mate. <laughs> But yeah, I, I just think it should be banned. I don't think people should be allowed. I'm not, sure, he should be, not I, sure whether he should be sort of elevating that fact. Yeah. Most, most, like the people in dressing rooms can be horrible. Yeah. Um, believe me, I've been there. So have you. Um, uh, the former skip, Jeff found this, Jeff spotted this. Yeah. Dimith Karunaratna, who we love. Back in 2019, Dimith Karunaratna's pool party was the final word Hall of Fame moment of the fucking tournament. We love Frankie Runes. Uh, and uh, today, as soon as the six was hit, to win the game for Sri Lanka in glorious circumstances, you know, fireworks going off and so on. He rips off uh, the, the the vest. He did not want to wear that orange sort of no George chance. Bailey-esque vest. Yeah. He wanted to be on there on the field in his playing kit and fair enough to him for it. Oh, and a word for um, Sri Lanka, having not lost to England in a men's 50-over World Cup yeah. since the opening day of the 1999 tournament. So, you know, Remember Tony well. Tony Blair, um, speaking of fireworks, the fireworks not going off properly at Lords on a cold, miserly morning. Um, Alan Mullally and Ian Austin bowling out Sri Lanka and then um, um, and then Stewie making 88 and Graham Hick making a bunch of runs as well. That's a nice segue to say um, that um, if you really like the 99 World Cup, um, you'll be learning um, more about that on the um, on the final word feed um, pretty soon. Uh, uh, Cam, as I reach up and um, hit the uh, uh, the button on my phone to make sure we keep recording, um, that's a classy way to finish on YouTube. Absolutely, uh, that has been it. That has been our show for the day. The next game in the World Cup is Pakistan and South Africa. This now becomes Pakistan's must-win, right? Yeah. So we, we're going through teams mid part of the tournament where if they start losing games that put them three or four losses in the can they're going to find it difficult so Pakistan after losing two on the trot need to bounce back at Chennai England play India as we mentioned before on Sunday Sri Lanka are playing Afghanistan on Monday at Pune and then also Australia are playing somebody on the weekend they play New Zealand that's a big game they play yes. New Zealand on the early game on Saturday we'll be there for all of that Jeff's on his way to Durham Shaler for that as we speak. This has been the final word. It's the World Cup Daily. Cam Ponsonby, thank you as ever for your contributions. You'll be back soon enough. I'll be back tomorrow with Jeff, I think, or maybe someone else. We'll work it out. Thanks to Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary England, end of an era. George Benson. I ain't protected by the way I ain't fenced in. If my future questions, my current senses, that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out.